0: franklin publisher of coming to you live from the place of franklin states in the west end of richmond where it is wednesday april the 4th one of these years my birthday is april 7th one of these years i'm gonna be able to do a podcast on my birthday um i guess if i do this long enough it'll be in a couple years but this i mean tonight was probably as good as a birthday um at least if you run a website that has a message board where people were kind of eating their young for a few weeks um we are going to talk about the uh, commitment of four-star guard Casey Morsell, um out of D.C. tonight. Um, something, obviously, we all expected and certainly were planning for. Um, could have told us exactly what time. 7.52 was not when I was expecting it. Um, but it, it obviously is a, is a monumental uh, decision for a variety of reasons, which we will no doubt get into. Um, we'll probably talk a about spring football at the end, too, um, just in terms of uh, maybe touching on... Um, where things are and what we're maybe hoping to see as the spring continues on. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Um, up in Fishersville, J- David Spence is on the show. How you doing, buddy?
1: Doing great, Brad. Thanks for asking. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter?
0: I got tongue tied with Fishersville. Yeah, it's all right. Somehow, slide. it's okay. Top seventy-five. And uh, up in Arlington, uh, Justin Ferber also on the show. How are you, my friend?
2: Doing well. Just ready for my one shining moment on tonight's show. Why did
0: you? Why did you do that? You're so mean. No. You're so mean. You're so mean. Oh, oh,
2: yeah. I guess this year was a little rough for that. Um, (laughs) At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. I always look forward to one shining moment, and this year it was kind of ruined. I didn't
0: watch a Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. I did not watch a single solitary second of that National Championship game, and I'm going to wear that as a badge of honor. It was Um, pretty
2: boring. I mean, Villanova just sat on them, basically.
0: They just sat on them? Yeah, I mean, it was like it was a, just, like like a fat kid on on uh, like like summer camp.
2: Yeah, they're they're just a bully. Like they just, I mean, they didn't well, that, win a game by less than I think twelve in the whole tournament. And yeah. I mean, Michigan kind of started out hot and just they. Villanova. I mean, we can talk about this, but I kind of think that, and I'm not trying to throw shade at UVA, obviously on a UVA podcast, but that team is if they're not the best team, like they're tied for the best team with UVA because. <laughs> They're just unbelievable offensively, and I think without Hunter, I don't think UVA could have beaten them.
0: No, I don't either. Well, who's the last team to beat Villanova by double digits?
2: That would have been uh, UVA in uh, oh, 2015,
0: 16. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was also a team yeah. without, uh, they had without a some of these dudes. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and it was I in a regular
2: that's... season game at JPJ, Dave, so let's not get too crazy. <laughs>
0: Let's jump off from here. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Casey's commitment and what it means, uh, for the Hoos. Now, I've, I've got a, by the. I haven't decided yet when I'm going to run this podcast first thing in the morning. Or, I, I caught up with um, with Corey Evans, who is um, our uh one of our basketball guys on the national side. And he he gave me some quotes basically about like what is like what does he bring to the table? What's what's his skill set like? Because he's a, he's obviously somebody who's seen him play live. Um. I think the thing that that stands out to me the most as I think about how he fits in might just be the the sort of... um What's, what's, a, what's a good way to say this Like the way he sort of slays the ghost Right because let's be honest right Virginia did not do well in 2018 on the trail Right we, that's that's a fair Thing to say I mean I don't think you're bashing anybody To say that they missed out on a lot of their top Targets some of the guys who kind of came back To the field so to speak were guys that Virginia Didn't necessarily really want to go all in on So the guys they could have gotten who were fairly Highly rated in, time, in, in some spots Were not guys that they wanted um, The guys they wanted went elsewhere um, that's not to take away from, um, from either the commitments they got, these are kids that they they feel comfortable and confident in, but clearly in terms of perception, in terms of building a, a class, a decision from a kid like this at, you know, on April the 4th, before you get to the live periods at the end of April, um, to get a kid from the DMV, it really is sort of like, I mean, it, maybe you want to say like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's 66, maybe if he was, you know, top 50, top 25, all right that's probably splitting hairs a little bit, but just the idea of the position, the fact that he was UVA 's top target at guard, uh, that he, you know the the timing the the, the location, um, all of it it, it really does I, I think it's a significant moment for the program uh, Dave, let's start with you what
1: what what do you how do you feel right now What's your, what how do you feel? Talk to me about your feelings Dave I'm Tired of talking about my feelings related to basketball man no um, <clears throat> I'm pretty happy with the commitment. You know, you've talked about it numerous times on the podcast how, the you know, building a class, you know, you need that piece so you can figure out who you need to go get that matches well with that piece. And I think it's especially true when you look at UVA basketball, just because of the way we play the game. Um, we, because I play, um, just, you know, the defense is so symbiotic, you know, you've got five guys acting as one. The offense is very much that way, too. We will get out of I'll leave the debate about whether we should change that for another day. But I think for the way Tony coaches the team and the way they play, it's probably very few programs that need to recruit a class that complement each other more than UVA does. Um, like the way Buzz plays at Virginia Tech, he can just get five random dudes and make them do it. Um, Villanova, you got to be able to shoot, but you know they, they're still kind of spread out and do their thing. But when you run a block remover, when you run the pack line, like you need complementary pieces. So now you've got a very good player in Casey Morcel, who can shoot very well. Yeah, he's a really good sh- shooter, and he can get to the basket. Um, we haven't, you know, we've had guards that do that, but it has. We, we've unfortunately we've had more guards who are, who are good at one and not the other. And I think he does. I don't think his shooting is quite at the level of Kyle yet, um, and he's not a finisher like a. He doesn't have the driving ability to say a fourth year Malcolm or Justin Anderson, but he's very good at both and will develop under Mike Curtis and, and the coaching staff. So it's a great piece to start with. And now I think you go look at a, you know, a rangy three, four guy, you know, a Deandre, a Deandre Hunter clone. Um, and then a, another springy big is what I'd be looking for. So it, it's a great place to start and getting it so early and getting the monkey off the back, you know, even as someone who doesn't own a message board, it's good for me. Um it's nice to have positive basketball news to talk about.
0: Yeah, positive basketball news in and of itself yeah. uh is is obviously a, a good development. <laughs> um look, I I think that if if we're being if we're gonna call the spade a spade, right? I, I don't think that this is um that this is a moment where I said earlier that I thought it was a, you know, monument. And I think it is in a, in a variety of ways. I don't think anybody really in their, in their genuine heart of hearts, not just in terms of their like reaction to the UMBC game or the way that the postseason went, but if they, they really thought Virginia was never going to get another recruit, but at times in 18, it sort of felt like that. Like they just, they just could never figure out um, how to make it, make that thing work. And I, 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 having talked to some folks, I think UVA has a really high opinion of Kihei Clark. And uh, I'm not saying that he's going to be Chris likes, but I think the, uh, the idea about having a kid who can just kind of go get you a bucket. um, One thing that I like about uh, the last three commitments, and I know you're not supposed to talk positively about, about the 18 class to some folks, um, you know, that's not a, that's not a class that most people on our message board fantasized about. Right. It's not, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, on the top of their list. Um, you know there was enough discussion about issues in that class make you want to mute a bunch of people um. and anytime you tried to take take up some sort of defense of him, you know the, the board basically exploded but I, I think as as you think about the last three kids what do they all have in common none of them are like defensive you know what I mean like nobody said well you know what he's going to be great on defense they're all some sort of scorer right some sort of offensive minded player and I'm not I don't want to make the complete jump and say Tony Bennett has now decided he can turn offensive players into good defensive players, but the but the maturation process of Kyle and Ty, their ability to to really become much better, markedly better defenders, the idea that you can take a kid like Dre and basically put him anywhere, I do think that that's going to have an impact on Virginia's recruiting. I think the last three kids are are showing you some sort of. Uh, some some sort of line on the on the graph. How, how 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 high it goes, where it goes from here, I'm not real sure. Ferber, when you look at this kid's game, what are you the most excited about, and and how do you feel like Virginia should build around him? Dave, I, I think made a good point about you know finding another kind of athletic uh, three, and then maybe a bouncy sort of big. But what's what's your what's your read on it? What do you where do you feel like Virginia goes now that they've got him in the fold?
2: Yeah, I mean to start, I think it's a great commit. Um, He's a really good player. Comes from like you said, I think the DMV thing is a factor too. I mean, just getting a guy from this area that uh, you know can show other players that you know if you have a good offensive game, that doesn't mean you can't play UVA and play defense. I think that's a good sign. And obviously, you know the players develop relationships with one another. So sometimes those relationships can pay dividends in recruiting uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit, and I know he's probably like two or three inches shorter, but he kind of reminds me of, uh, Josh Hart, you know, who played at Louis, uh, Louisville. Wow. Um, Villanova. He, he has the ability. He's like, he's built pretty well and he can kind of get to the rim, but he can also make the spot up jump shots. And I think he's going to flourish in the pack line on defense. If he can just, you know, access that athleticism there. But obviously I think what Dave said is a good start. I think, um, a wing that can that can be versatile and I think like you like uh like you just said you know somebody like DeAndre is a good template for that position and the types of players that they can go for because um you know somebody that can defend all positions but also uh can line up on the court at four or three or even two if you need them um is a good thing to have, and somebody that can get score in a number of ways, maybe has a mid range game, um, that sort of thing. A player like that would be a great add. And then I think the the primary need is an offense or a uh, an offensive minded big, um, a physical big who can, you know, maybe a little bigger than Isaiah, uh, you know, like a six eight six nine type four. Um, obviously, you know, if he has a, a spot up and shoot game, that'd be great, but. I think what they need to look for is somebody that can go get a bucket in the post. I think that they really struggled with that the last, you know, few years, really. Um, I mean, since Anthony Gill left, it's, it's just been kind of hoping for the best in that area. Um, obviously Mamadi is still in the early part of his development. And and I think it's fair to expect big things from him going forward. Uh, I mean, he obviously has all the tools. It's just about putting it all together and, and becoming a starter. Um, and then also, obviously, Jay Huff is sort of you know still in that development as well, and we haven't seen as much of him, but he certainly has tools. Um, but I think a guy that can kind of bang in the post and, and, and go get you a bucket as a, as a back-to-the-basket big, um, and, a, and somebody that can defend other bigs like him, uh, I think that would be a, a huge addition to this class. And it seems like there's a few guys out there that would uh, fit that mold that they're after, so...
0: Yeah, no doubt. I feel like if you think about the 16 and, and, and 19 classes, they don't necessarily have to be echoes of each other, but it probably wouldn't be a bad thing, right? Like, they have a lot of spots, and obviously, what they do with, it, you know, do they, do they really go after anybody else in this class? Do they want to, um, you know, roll all their chips in the middle on a grad transfer? Do they want to go out and get a transfer um, who can sit and play, too? Um, if that's the case, then then they basically they join that that class um, that that UVA just signed. Um, I, I feel like every year you need a Dre. Um, if, if there's one thing that I've learned, having watched what little bit of the NCAA tournament I did watch after UVA lost, I think that every year you need a dude with length who is like just a bunch of clay that you can sort of mold into whatever you need. Um, you know, Dre, when he was being recruited, Villanova wanted him as a four. Villanova liked him as a four. He wanted to be a three. He's probably going to end up being both. Um, you know, as he matures physically, if he can, if he can add any sort of low post game, he could be uh, just ridiculously scary. But overall, I think every year you need a kid like him. You need a, a long, uh, athletic shooter who can, um, you know, who can do a little bit of everything, handle the ball. Granted, what I just described is literally every every coach wants one of those, right? So I feel like if you have one scholarship, you just go get one of those if you can. The problem, as UVA certainly found out in seventeen and eighteen, is that like sometimes if you don't have immediate playing time, you're just there's just not a whole lot that's going to be there for you, right? Like um, Virginia had a lot of success and then wasn't able to to really lock down top end recruits in large part, I think, because um, you know their system hurt them at times with certain kids. Certainly, the idea though that you you're going to have to go and, and wait your turn hurt them in, in general. I mean, you're just not going to get some of these top end players if you don't have some some semblance of of, of playing time available. Um, but I think every year you need a Dre. I, I think in this class with Casey on board, you you want to go and you want to find you know a complimentary piece like that as well as I think Dave was spot on. You know, a bouncy big man, um, somebody who can um, you know not necessarily. Um, a, a mommy clone, but somebody in in the mold of an Anthony Gill. I feel like you could. We're we're gonna say like we are gonna say a lot of times go get a bucket. Like I feel like that's that's a cornerstone now in recruiting. It's like you want three people. You want the guy who can go get you a bucket. You want an AG clone, and I feel like I say uh, a Dre type of of wing a lot too. In in this class, that's exactly what you need. I, I think to you guys have both touched on it. Like a back to the basket, big. Like I posted this on the board a couple of days ago. Like Virginia has to have the block remover is just going to fall flat if you don't have a big man who can score. Full stop. Like you just need a big. If there's anything the last however many years have taught us, it's that Virginia is really is not the same offensively. Right when the Cavaliers don't have a big man who can score you can have all the shooters in the world, but eventually they're going to have a bad night and you need, you need a guy in the post who can take some of that pressure off. Um, So as I look at the 19 class, that's, I mean, I think the blueprint is there. They don't necessarily have to follow to a T what they did in, in, in 16, but they're kind of already doing it in a way you think about the timing of, of, of Kyle and Ty's just decisions. You think about, the time in here before the live period start it's not it's not a one-to-one um sort of thing but it's not it's you know, it's not totally analog but it's certainly something uh in um you know in in some sort of comparison uh dave when how much does this change your overall kind of mood because like i said as a guy who owns a website with a message board like personally i am on cloud 12 right now like This is an incredible day, not, you know, for a a number of reasons, but, but like, this is an incredible moment because honestly, like, man, it's been rough. (laughs) I mean, negativity and and stuff will just drag you down. And I'm not even like one of those like cool people who's like a super empath who like kind of breathes in everybody's stuff, you know, but like, man, it was, it was tough. How do you feel now? Do you feel like there's a weight? You feel relieved or do you feel excited?
1: Um, I mean, personally, I'm excited more than relieved. Um, Look, I I think things have kind of gone off the deep end on the board in the last, not your board, but in general, well, your board and others, but um, like you read some of the threads recently and it sounds like we went like 20 and 11 and barely made the tournament and I got bounced the first, first week. Um, So I was just thinking the same yeah, thing, yeah. <laughs> like, from the conversation. It's like, there's been so much
2: bad news. It's like, it's been bad for, we, like, two we weeks. We lost three
1: games, dudes, and, you know, one of them was in overtime at home. Um, so, I mean, I think there's been a lot of people kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because of the UMBC stuff, but, um, so, if anything, it's just another, maybe we can change the topic of discussion for a little while, which would be enjoyable for all, all of us. Um, but for me, it's excitement. Like, I, I'm kind of over what happened, um, Look, it it happened. It's like I said last week. I mean, I don't think the conversation changes much. Like the embarrassment factor was lower if we lost the first weekend, but you know, we we just did something historic. So if you're gonna do it, do it big. We we did. Um, and this is a nice look. It's time to move on. You, you can't fix it. You know, Tony's kind of talked about it in his radio show. And it, if you if you had a chance to watch the radio show, you you'll, you'll see Tony is still still struggling with it too. And I expect to see some changes and you're right, you know, you look at Clark, Statman and and now Morcel, um, you know, it's three guys who can who are better offensive better offensively than was it, Badoki and Anthony in the class before, um, at least reputation wise. And maybe it's a change and who who knows. I I'm excited to see what we, can, what we can do with Morsell, and I'm, ex, I'm excited to see um, kind of traction, if we can get any traction in the DMV with him. Not a whole lot of history there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited what it, what it can mean for the offense. I'm excited for the, you know, just hopefully, hopefully it'll build some momentum on the recruiting trail and with the new, law, you know, with the live periods yeah. coming up, you know, anytime. We
2: really yeah. need him to, uh, to make friends with this Hawaiian quarterback <laughs> that just transferred there.
1: That would be good. Yeah, that would be Isn't that. that would where be Cam Good goes to, <laughs> it, it is. is, it is, and DJ Brown, and DJ Brown, yeah, shout out. Shout, shout out to, to those schools. Anyway, long story short, I'm excited about it. Uh, I was kind of over. I'm over the. I'm over the, what happened back then on that day. You know, it's time to move as, as
0: evidence by the fact that you just referred to it as back then on that day. <laughs> um, that's like saying like Voldemort's not a really big deal, but we can't say his name out loud. <laughs> Ferber, how, do, how how do you feel? Like, does this, are you relieved at this? I mean, are you, does this give you some like semblance of order? Like what, what's your, what's your feelings as you, as you look on this thing?
2: I think it's cool to have it kind of out of the way um, early in the cycle, because I think that the longer things went on in the 20, I guess, 2017, 18 recruiting class, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just seemed like the, the longer it went on, the worse it got because they just kept missing on guys and, to have a cornerstone kind of guy in the class already, um, I think is a, is a great start. And, and like Dave said earlier, you kind of can get, go out and find guys that'll fit with him and, and make a, a solid class. But, you know, you're coming off a season where you went 13 and, or 13, wow, 31 and two, 31 and three. Um, obviously the losing to a 16 seat hurts, but, um, you would think that recruits would take notice of, of how well they played in the regular season, at least to some degree and, and understand that you can almost, you know, it, I don't want to make it seem like a good thing that they lost to UMBC, but in a sense you could say, as if you're recruiting, you know, look at all we, you know, look at all we were able to accomplish and clearly we still need you, you know, to get over the hump. So it kind of works both ways as a recruiting pitch, which I think is good. But, uh, yeah, I'm over the UMBC game. I mean, obviously, maybe next year it'll you know kind of come back to haunt all UVA fans as as it gets brought up again and again and again. But um, you know, it's it's time to move forward, and and I think this is a good start.
0: If you look at the class of twenty nineteen, I mean, look, I I don't think um, Virginia has a reasonable shot with Mondo. Um, I don't know about Matthew Hurt. Um, I, I think Josiah James is a kid that maybe, in um, I could see him, you know, staying somewhere more close to home um, down in the Charleston area. Um, but Ish Stewart, Aiden, uh, who, do we think it's Aiden Ijehorn? Ijehorn? I never heard. I never heard anybody say his name, last name. Um, we can't Oscar, even get UVA's recruit names right, now, right? So. Uh, and then uh, obviously Eric Dixon. Uh, it's, there are a lot of, there are a lot of offers already out there for kids who, who would be interesting fits. Um, I I think that, uh, if you look at the big picture, there are going to be new names on the board here in a few weeks when, when the evaluation period starts. Um, and they're going to be guys who immediately impress the staff guys who they're high on that they fade with, um, it's a lot easier to ride that out when you know the piece you're building around. And I, and and I and I kind of want to drill into this for just a hot second. Like in 16 when Tony did the bulk of his recruiting, like when he went out to get uh when he went out to get Dre, right? Um even when he was trying to recruit Jay Huff and he had um Kalaya Jones on board, he had he had two pieces in 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 the in, in the uh uh in the um in the fold and he knew what those skill sets were. And, I, and I, I will, to my dying day, believe that in 18, one of the hardest things he had to deal with early on was that he didn't have a clear need that he felt like, okay, I got to go get X. And he also didn't have anything to sort of build around. And so as he as they continued to try to you know offer kids and look here and look there, like you were sort of going best available, but Virginia's just not really a best available sort of system. Right. You need to know how things fit together with each other as well as fit into the into the greater whole in this class to get a kid like this when he did and then be able to build around him um, makes a lot of sense. Like you'll be able to make a more specific pitch to a player. Right. You'll be able to say like, hey, look, we got we got Casey coming in at 19. I like his game with your game. And this is why he you know, he does this. You do that. That's a much better message than I don't have anything in the cupboard. I'm just really hungry, you know? I think ultimately it's because of the system Virginia runs. Maybe some schools, they don't have to do what Virginia has to do, like in terms of the way the pieces fit together. Because anybody who watched Virginia this year would say, like, it's probably not good for UVA's offense that two of their five pieces were not offensive-minded players. And both of them were their post guys, right? Like, Wilkins and Salt were incredible Defenders, And they made this an historic defense. But at the same time, it made the offense at times extremely predictable. And at worst, it made it just absolutely top-heavy to the point where you only had to really defend three dudes. And, you know, most teams can probably do that if they're really focused and they don't get lazy. Um So I kind of look at this and I think the way Virginia, I think, needs to recruit, having pieces early – identifying talent early going after them making them a priority is even more important um tony is a constant evaluator i've said that before in this podcast i'm sure i'll say it again he doesn't stop even after he gets kids he evaluates like he's always he he's just that type of coach one of his one of his strengths then is also his weakness in the sense that I, i think sometimes virginia second guesses its decisions at times oh maybe we don't really want him think about um Oh, who was a kid from VES whose name is now escaping me. Llewellyn. Llewellyn was a kid who they really, really liked. And then he had one rough weekend and then everything dried up for him. And then when he tried to commit to a bunch of places, nobody really was willing to take him. And then after that, everything was fine. Like he was back to being the kid that everybody thought he was. And, you know, somebody got a steal. I think the same you, thing
2: happened with the uh, the Prentice Hub kid, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Prentice I mean, Hub and, and Brandon Slater both were kids I think Virginia could have gotten. If you think about it, if they had taken both of those kids, how long ago would they have locked up Casey Morsell? You know what I mean? Like they would have had a, a huge uh, opportunity in the DMV to basically lock it down, but they chose, they didn't think that those pieces fit. I'm not going to begrudge a coach who doesn't take a kid he can get because he doesn't think that they fit. But I do think it's important for, for coaches to be able to identify early what kids they do want and then make them priorities. Not, I think in 18 you saw so many different offers. That just wasn't UVA style, and I don't know if you're going to see that going forward. I, I think that what you're going to see is trying, trying to build classes like this. Identify a guy, make him a priority early, go get it, lock it down, and then build around him. I think that is the, that is the that should be the UVA blueprint and I think it's the only way that they're going to end up being able to put a roster together, you know. Like you, you guys were talking about earlier with Villanova. Like that's, I, I think that is the ideal. What Villanova has done, it, they're they're sort of ahead of UVA in the, in terms of where they are in the process of doing that. You think about the similarities between where Tony is now, and where Jay Wright was. Um, you could see the beginning of 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 that turnaround. And I'm not going to put all that on Casey's shoulder, but the 19 class could be a huge part of that. And I feel like. Um, the way they're building, it makes a lot of sense to me. You guys got anything else? Um, either one of you on, on Casey before we move forward.
1: No, I right, and- Th- think we covered it. Yeah. The only I- other
2: thing, the only other thing I have is 2019 bigs. Obviously I don't think that UVA is going to get him, but the Baker kid, that would be a, a great ad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Class, I mean, obviously. a really multifaceted kid who has a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of strengths um, and, and, Quite frankly, in a lot of offers, obviously. Yeah, it'll be a dogfight, but at the same time, like I mentioned this on Twitter, like Casey is going to be able to go, you know, on on the road here soon and and be able to recruit. You know, he's going to be talking about UVA, and like I think sometimes people think of that and they're like they think personalities and they think kids are going to be wooed by some kid who's going to be talking up a school. That's not really how it happens. It's more about their game, right? A player who 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 sees a good player respects a good player. Thinks, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I could play with that kid. You know, like he's pretty good. Like that in and of itself is a is I think a, an important like sort of um, nuance to to travel ball because the kids know, like they get it, like they see each, they play against each other enough, they see each other enough, they they watch highlights enough, they know. Um, who's good and who's not, and so if you if you've got a bunch of dudes who are committed and they're all garbage, like I don't think anyone's gonna play with them. But you get a kid like Casey, and he goes out there and wow, some people he shows some toughness and he and he's balling out. That's gonna I, I think gonna tend to get some attention and and certainly on the recruiting trail right now, given what UVA did this season, the good and the bad. I, I think that's a that's a nice piece in the right direction. Um, let's open up and talk spring football because you know nice change of gear when when we're all talking about basketball and how excited. Uh, the program—how exciting it is around the program. Um, I, I guess I want to open the floor for you guys. Um, obviously last week I, I caught up with with Damon and talked to him about uh what we saw at practice. As you guys have sort of uh processed all of the various videos and coverage and things you've seen so far, I, I'm curious to hear what you what you feel like your questions are. For let's start with you. What do you feel like your questions remain um so far this spring? What are your what are the things that are standing out to you the most?
2: I mean, how can they can they find someone to snap the ball? Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, we you guys don't have a lot of or we don't have a lot of access to practice, so obviously that was one of the things that stood out from the uh, first practice last week. But um, how the defensive line comes together obviously is a, is a question mark. Um, the pecking order at wide receiver uh, it's it's not something that I'm worried about as far as a depth thing, like just because. You know, there's a lot of guys that I think can can play at that position, but you're losing a few guys that were senior contributors, played a lot. Um, I think, you know, who shakes out as the starters there and who gets a lot of the playing time, that'll be interesting. Um, It seems like uh, Terrell Jana and uh, I think you said Sean Smith had a big practice last week too. Um, That's that's obviously very... uh, intriguing and, and good to hear because both of those guys are a good athletes. So I'm interested to see how that position plays out as well. But yeah, the defensive line, obviously just seeing how that whole thing shakes out, especially once Dylan Thompson gets on grounds. Um, and, and maybe if they add another player through the, the graduate transfer market, as Broncos seemed to kind of indicate um, last week.
1: What about, you, yeah. what
0: about you, Dave? What are you, what are, what are some of your, I don't know, questions?
1: I mean, my questions remain the same. I mean, I think offensive line, and defensive line tell the story of the season. If Lamar, I mean, if, if Lamar, if, um, if Bryce Perkins isn't the second coming of Lamar Jackson, as Popinga kind of joked about today on, on that orange and blue report. So, you know, the, every team starts in the front. Honestly, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the offensive line. Not because I've seen them practice. It's just like, there's more depth there, you know? I think about two years ago when we we're talking about the line. You're talking like you know bits and pieces here and there. How can we strap strap it together? And honestly, you know, one of our, in our infamous text thread recently, you know, I kind of threw out my starting and file and I totally forgot about Ryan Nelson. I mean, probably a bad move on my part, but it, it's nice that you have other guys that would make you accidentally forget about them. So I, I think the defensive line it, it, it it's going to be probably a little a little more dramatic, if you will, Um, what we can do, you know, watching that develop up till August, early September, um, and through the season. But I I don't know. Uh, We'll go back to the orange and blue report thing. Like, I think both of you guys watch it. Like, Popinga, like, mentioned it, and he thinks the defense this year is going to be better than last year, which I think is a bold statement considering who you're replacing and the fact that Richard Burney is starting on the (laughs) three-man defensive line right now. Um, he also said that with like absolute confidence, not yeah, like, "Oh yeah, like, I think we can be like better." Laughing. It was like,
2: "We're going to be better,"
1: for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was pretty, pretty. Um, yeah, yeah. He was pretty, very. Confident hopefully, hopefully, that. he so, doesn't come to regret that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm to regret a few things they've said, but you know, I think after last year, they really stepped back. Like, they're you know, if you think back to the last pre- last spring ball um, after the kind of humbling two and ten season. They really did back off their rhetoric a, a little bit, so I don't know if it's just you know they're they're regressing back to the mean or or they're really confident, but I like seeing it um, and then obviously Perkins like we see glimpses in these videos and they put out each day each practice and I, mean, I feel like they're purposely not showing you a whole lot, but he's obviously doing some things um, so you know a quarterback position is so important if he can be that like I hate to call him like trans, you know. I hate to refer to it as like a transcending star or you know, transcendent star or anything, but if he can be that, then it makes up for a lot of deficiencies elsewhere. Um, so anyway, I'm just excited to see it, man. There's a lot of new pieces there, um, and I really figured this would be a rebuilding year. Even when the guys came in, when this, when Bronco and those guys were were hired, I thought this would be the out year, and they needed to make hay in the first two years. So we shall see.
0: I think one thing that that. That has stood out to me in the you know in the in the week or so since uh, pra- since we got to see practice and I do think I should say for the record like I, I think UVA is being very strategic about the fact that they're not letting us see more and I don't think it's a bad thing I think they have a lot of install that they want to do this spring um, I don't think it's an accident that you're not seeing a whole lot in the clips that they do put out I, I think that they specifically are keeping a lot of that under the hood um, probably because it's all you know it's all sort of in motion. Um, that being said, I, I think that as I've thought more about it,, um, I do think it's sort of astounding that Virginia's replacing arguably two of its best, do we want to say five but easily the two of the best ten defensive players in school history, right? at least from a production and longevity standpoint, right? Like they're replacing two uh constant, consistent uh, standout pieces. And I'm not going to say that they're not going to miss a beat, but it kind of feels like they don't think they're going to miss a beat. And I don't think that's a that's a slight to, to to Mike or Quinn. I just think that they they have some pieces in the right place. You know, you would love to be able to be as stocked on the defensive line as you are everywhere else, um, or at least to be moderately close. I mean, if you think about, like, the secondary is loaded, right? They're so loaded, they got kids they'd love to play who they're going to have to figure out roles for. Um the linebacking core is deep and and athletic, and I think the move of Malcolm going inside it makes a lot of sense. It it opens things up on the edges. The defensive lines, uh, it just like the offensive line on the other side. I mean, I can't tell you who the five, um, on, on offense are going to be, and I mean realistically, if if Thompson catches on immediately, is that is that a good thing? Because I kind of would feel like given. I'm always a little leery, honestly, of like when a dude who just like walks out and he's like, okay, well, he's clearly the best you got at that position. Like, what about all those other dudes? I guess in this case, there aren't a whole lot of other dudes. But um, you know, for Popinga to to have so much confidence, and I think you're right. Like they did a they did a you could tell it was a concerted effort not to not to say too much. Um, I, I don't know if that was if that was just sort of lost in this moment or what. But clearly, they have a lot of expectations internally for what this defense could be and I kind of somewhat agree with him my, my I'm like you guys like I don't know what's going to happen on the defensive line and that in and of itself is slows me up but man I'm going to tell you what Bryce Perkins is good enough in my opinion he's good enough to change the trajectory of your season now I don't mean that in the sense of like he's good enough to make them a ACC title contending team but he's certainly good enough to to make you make you feel like okay, the sky's not falling. Like this is every, it's going to be fine. Now they they're they're going to have their bumps and they're going to probably lose some games and they might look bad in the process, but they're going to have some good moments too. And that kid is, I mean, that kid is a difference maker. Like I, I, I've I've told you guys since I saw him live. Like he turns the corner and he's he's not a quarterback anymore. Like I'm sorry. Like the way he moves and his it's not even just the way he moves. It's his. um his sort of like uh, instinctual motion, you know. You know, how we used to joke about um, oh, was it was it Shayok and the way he could like move and turn his hips without like losing momentum. Dave, his angular athleticism. His angular athleticism. Yes. Okay, <laughs> angular like Perkins God, has it feels that. God, so long ago. God, it does, and it, made, it just made you feel old. But like Perkins has that. Like he can. It, it, I haven't seen a kid that agile. I mean, like Smoke was super agile, but like. That his agility and his is just fluid athleticism, um, is it's remarkable. And but he's got a much better arm than I expected. A much better arm. And he's not like he's not like Ben Kirk humming it in there. But like that kid, that kid's got a cannon, and he he's it's more than adequate. If 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 he was just a pocket passer, he'd be perfectly fine. Um, if that was his arm strength. Now accuracy is going to be a thing as 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 he learns the offense and sort of in, and the install goes forward. That's going to be obviously a big focus. But man. That kid's a difference making. maker. Yeah, decision-making's yeah. a big deal. And, and and the when to run and when to throw is always tough, I think, for quarterbacks. I think for a kid like him, it, it's a little bit easier because it's an innate um, thing that he's always had, right? So it's not like he just all of a sudden figured out like how to throw, right? He's always been who he is, and so he sort of has that kind of in his DNA a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. Decision-making and accuracy are going to be big focuses. But that kid, he's there are going to be significant mo- moments of games where he's going to make a play, and you're just going to be like, oh um and and i think that in of itself after after the way last season ended and sort of the the issues we know they had offensively they're going to be in ball games this year specifically because bryce perkins is pretty good and i think that that that's a that's a great thing to know at this point in spring ball um beyond that you know it's all going to come down to the lines right i think that we could say that pretty much every season uh ferber you got a fifth side of the ball for us tonight
2: Okay, so fifth side of the ball. Um, I'm going to try to phrase this as, as good as I can. Um, so we were talking about it before we came on air, and uh, Villanova played Michigan, obviously, for the national title on uh, Monday night. Did
0: that happen? I am not. I don't remember.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah it happened. Um, you didn't watch it, but it, it did happen. Um, so Villanova obviously played UVA a couple years ago, uh, twice, and uh, there's a lot of similarities to be drawn between the two programs, the way they recruit. um guys that maybe, I mean, Villanova's been getting some high-end guys, but um, just the way that the programs are run and, and the perception and how solid they are throughout the season, regular season. And um, and then Michigan, obviously, is like the offensive efficient version of what UVA does defensively in a way, um, I think. And then they're considered to run a clean program, you know, under B-line, just like UVA is and kind of a similar school. So um, my... Fifth side of the ball today is to ask you guys what football program equivalents would you want UVA to be mentioned in the same breath of, like they would be mentioned in the same breath of Villanova and Michigan on the basketball side?
0: Dave, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Sure, I can go first. All right, go ahead. I think I think I understand the question. I've been processing it for forty five minutes. <laughs> like which programs now. would you want to? Yeah, like which, which, which programs yeah. would you want always, to be on? Like?
0: Always a good sign when somebody starts by saying, "I think I'm I think I'm going to do this well," and then he basically has to like
1: have somebody question it at the end. That's great. Go ahead, Dave. No, Go ahead. No, Take no. a shot at it. Um, you know, football is different. You know, you think about some of the basketball champions like Villanova, and they do it. You know, we are under the impression of they they're doing it the right way. We think back to football national champions, and most of them, we're pretty sure, aren't doing it the right way. So, I, I think the easy answer is saying, "Hey, hey, I want to be Clemson. I want to be, you know, Alabama. I don't really want to do it because I expect one day we're gonna. Like, I, I think Clemson's on the up and up, but look, there's a lot of money, you know, um, in, in football. So for me, it, I hate to cop out, but for me, it's two programs. I, if I could be anyone, it would probably be Stanford. Um, you know, they they kind of. They win with less, you know. They get they're getting some better athletes than they used to, but they're still not like getting top five classes every year. Um, and they win by play, like kind of smacking you in the mouth and and playing smart football. And it's you know I think it, their football brand kind of you know, to tie into the academics, it, you know, it's it's smart football and it's a smart school. Um, the other one for me would be Wisconsin. I feel like every year Wisconsin Wisconsin kind of reminds me of UVA basketball. They, they know what they are, and they, they just keep changing pieces, and they do what they do, and they, they're always consistently good, and every, every now and then they have an outstanding year. So for me, that, it would be those two.
0: I would like to state for the record that in uh, 2017, uh, Stanford finished 19th nationally uh, in, in its football recruiting class. In 2016, they were top 25, um, and in 2018, they were 63rd. Um, so I don't know what happened there. Um, they do get occasion four-star recruits. I, Stanford was my was my pick, too. I think you have to, you know, I think part of Ferber's question that really made sense to me was that Villanova and UVA are, in many respects, similar in terms of the programs, right? I, I think if, if Virginia could really be the Stanford of the East, I, I think that sometimes as an athletic department, they've hoped for that. Um, I, I'm sure some Virginia fans want to throw things at me right now because I acted as if they're not. But, um, but I just think that in terms of what they've done consistently over time, um, you know, they have continued, I, mean, I understand they're recruiting in California, which is going to have a much larger pool of really good players than, you know, most pretty much any other state. Um, so in, in Stanford's going to pull a lot of like the high, um, like the high academic kids who are also really good football players. Like think about how many Virginia battles with with Stanford, Virginia's lost. But I, I think Stanford would be my pick too. Um, I gotta say, like the idea of what they do, it's not just like the school and. The, but I think that the that the program itself fits the school. Like they make the joke about you know, like they they use the the nerd emojis and stuff. Um, they 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 kind of like want. They don't just like they're not just going to a school where people are sort of seen as being really smart. Um, they kind of embrace it, and then they play a style which is kind of based around the idea that they're um, they're gonna not make many mistakes and scheme you up. Um, I also just love the style of play. Like I like the idea of just having like seven dudes grinding you. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how. it always feels like they have way too many offensive linemen on the line and they're all big and fast. Um, they They just seem like like pieces of humanity shouldn't move that way. Um, I, I just I, I don't know. I've always kind of liked them from afar. What about you, ferber? what would what would be your your pick to answer your own question?
2: Dave Dave actually took one of mine, which is Wisconsin, and the reason I say that is because they kind of go under the radar as one of the elite programs, but they do it with players that aren't necessarily like you know guys that only the you know elite programs can go get the that high end five star players. I mean they can go get their guys and and they develop them over the course of time, kind of like UVA basketball does, and uh you know obviously they have found a niche and and it works for them. Um But similar to kind of how what Brad said, I also looked at it from like a schematic perspective. Um, Obviously, it's a very different school and culture, but I kind of appreciate what Oklahoma State has built. I mean, in their own state, they're kind of like, you know, they're not even, you know, they're they're the second program in their state, and I'm not saying that UVA has to be that in Virginia, but um, they have carved out quite a little, a nice little, Spot in college football, um, and and again, I don't think. I mean, I haven't looked at their recruiting rankings, but I don't think they're they're landing blue chip guys left and right. I mean, I'm sure they get their fair share of athletes, but they seem to do well at the quarterback position. Um, you know, they they find skill guys around them, and then they find a defense that's good enough to to have them competitive in the Big Twelve. Um, so if UVA ends up being a program kind of like that, where they can have a fun offense and you know get out and score a bunch of points and then and can stay competitive enough defensively to win a bunch of games. I think that's something to to uh respect and kind of try to build towards for sure.
0: I think that is a perfect place to put a pin in it. Um for for this week, obviously um it's been uh, an eventful um, an eventful day and evening to say the least. Uh, I, uh, but I do want to thank Dave and, and Justin for giving graciously of their, their time as always. I want to thank everybody out there for continuous support the show. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, let's see, we get to see practice next Thursday. So my guess is we'll, we'll be talking about other topics on Wednesday night and post that, uh, some point on Thursday or maybe even do it uh, Tuesday night instead. Um, but we will, we will obviously be talking about, uh, practice and then um spring game um it, it will be here you know pretty shortly after that on the 28th so again um want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show um and continuing to support the site appreciate it as always so for uh david ferber i'm brad franklin publisher dot com. thanks for coming out we'll see you soon